Welcome to Get Better at Garbage, the official podcast of Recycle Smart, Canada's fastest growing recycling technology company. In every episode, we talk tech, innovation, and inside secrets with interesting people doing interesting things from around the world. Welcome to this episode of Get Better at Garbage. I'll be your host, Ty Quintel, Digital Marketing Coordinator for Recycle Smart. And so joining me today on, on the episode is Recycle Smart's Chief Innovation Officer, Colin Bell. Hey, Colin, how are you doing? Great. Excited to be on the last podcast of 2021. So, home stretch. Exactly. We're just wrapping it up here. We have a special guest today. We're going to be welcoming Danny Mounty, CEO of Metro Group. How are you doing today, Danny? Yeah, great. I'm super pumped about this podcast. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So, you know, now, as we know, Metro Group has a portfolio of companies it owns, but uh, today we'll be talking more specifically with Metro Compactor Service, Inc. and iSmart Technology. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the businesses and, you know, how you got into this industry? Uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. 100%. So really high level, quick overview. Uh, the, the company of Metro Compactors was started in 1978, um, really based around repairing and servicing compactors uh, in the greater Toronto area. Um, over the last 40 years, we've grown in certain sectors of, of the waste industry for sure. Um, one thing we are not is involved with waste pickup. We 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 are in a niche market that uh, specifically deals with the equipment that re- is used to compact the equipment or or make it more affordable or more accessible or better to be picked up. Um, in about around 2010, we developed a technology called the Icemore technology, which communicates with the compactors um, directly from the operating unit back to our database here. It interacts with our ER, in-house ERP system, Metro 360 system, and communicates the fullnesses of the compactors along with operational information. So, and that's where we are today. Awesome. And so uh, maybe just describe to us what would happen before iSmart. So you've got, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to put words in your mouth here. I'm assuming you have thousands of compactors and balers operating uh, out in the field and those devices would break down and then someone would call it in or what was the process in the past in terms of, you know, let's say way back in the dark ages of the nineties, what would I be doing? Yeah, so that's exactly right. I mean, uh, the waste industry, as far as the equipment was concerned, has always been very reactive service. Um, you know, we saw the opportunity with the iSmart technology to be able to communicate with the compactors. The more we communicate with the compactors, the more we were wowed at, at how inefficient the units were working um, for forever. Um, you know, our first run, our first big client was Walmart Canada. Um, we now monitor all their compactors and equipment across Canada. Um, but when we first started looking at their equipment, we saw significant inefficiencies in the fullness, just the fullness. Um, they had compactors that would run, you know, 30% and get picked up. And it was because the industry was, was anchored on convenience, you know, every seventh day or every 10th day, they came and got picked these, pick these things up. And, you know, there was, there's consultants out there that, that can go and verify the fullness of the weights in theory, but as compositions change inside of a waste container, um, you know, a container could go from nine tons down to three tons. And if it's on a scheduled basis, you know, 50% of your pickups are not really required. Um, right out of the gate uh, in 2006, 2006, 2007, when we really started looking at the data, um, or when we first started developing the technology and really started looking at the data around 2010, um, we can 
very easily remove 25 to 30% of all pickups for waste compactors um, with very little ease, just engaging with the customers. And so back in 2006, 2007, how are you guys getting that data? Was it coming in cellular or Wi-Fi or what was the kind of process? And then how has it evolved over, over time? Yeah, as far as the technology, we've always been on a Wi-Fi platform. Since, sorry, not Wi-Fi, wireless platform since day one. Um, we, you know, we've moved from 2G to 3G to now we're up to 5G, I believe, on the communication side of things. But as far as the communication, it hasn't really changed. It's always been wireless communication. Um, prior to us, there was other technologies out there that used, um, you know, Ethernet cables, and but you had to deal with firewalls and all that stuff before you can really get the information back. It was much more difficult to communicate with the compactors. Now it's a it's a two-way communication now where if at any given time we want to communicate with the compactor, we simply send the compactor a signal saying, hey, can you send back your operational data to us? Um, and But back then it was, and over the years, we've, we've developed algorithms based on the fullness attributes, um, but we also collect a lot of the operational information right now. So, you know, we know when compactors are running, when they're not running, well, when there's error codes as far as e-stops pushed in, um, you know, low oil sensors, if there's an oil leak on the compactor, um, if the overloads are tripped and stuff like that. So we're able to not just drive efficiencies on the compactor for fullness, but we can also significantly improve the number of trips required to maintain these equipment. Right, and so the mighty e-stop, which often in the past and resulted in a tech driving you know, two or three hours, a couple hundred dollars for the client only to get there and discover that someone had pushed the e-stop in and the user just wasn't sophisticated enough to know. Like literally all you have to do is pull the button out and the thing will run. So you can now see that remotely and, and kind of coach them over the phone or by email and say, correct. Hey, try pulling the e-stop out because it looks like someone has pushed it. Yeah, correct. That's exactly right, Colin. Um, so, you know, if customers have an iSmart system built in and they call our CSAs or our customer service dispatch team, our customer service dispatch team is immediately able to see um, any input that's connected with their compactors uh, on a simple screen that, for for example, an e-stop, the e-stop button on the screen of the computer would be red. Um, so our team would know, hey, you know, your e-stop is pushed in. Uh, you might want to pull that out before we send the tech. Right. And, th and that's a very like simple and easy fix, but, you know, pr prior to having this visibility, you'd have to send an actual tech out there. So um, what about in terms of preventive maintenance? Because compactors are like cars. Every so many cycles, you know, if you get it serviced, then you're going to get more life out of your compactor. You're going to have less breakdown. So is that also part of iSmart kind of measuring how many times I'm running this machine and, you know, when should I have a tech come out and do a preventive maintenance on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from the operational system, we gather all cycles, operating time, error codes, all come back and feed back into our database. And we can start building, you know, cases for customers that like a car, we tell them, you know, you need to do a preventative maintenance every 35,000 cycles, not once a year. Um, you know, there's, there's units out there. For example, Walmart has compactors that need three PMs a year. Uh, simply because of the usage and some compactors, you know, once a year is fine from a safety check rather than a preventative maintenance, right? Um, but right. yes, you're absolutely correct. And the data feeds back to us and we, we, we send out triggers based on that. We also align the operational uh, information that comes back to us with warranty. So now we, 
we don't sell compactors with a two-year warranty or three-year warranty. We sell compactors with a five-year warranty up to so many cycles. But the warranty starts when the compactor is first started up at location because the information is transmitted back to us. Our technicians on the phone verify that the compactor on site is actually physically running to um, manufacturing specifications. And we give it a big check mark on our system to say, okay, your warranty starts today. Um, and if it's a 50,000 cycle warranty or whatever the particular warranty is from the manufacturer, we can manage that warranty for the client. We can also take that data and, and compare sites and say, hey, you've got a, a similar location that you know is only running 2,000 cycles a month and achieving the same fullness, and you guys are running 5,000 cycles a month. First of all, you're running efficiently, um, and you're going to run out of your warranty much sooner rather than the other guy. Um, so we see all this information, right? And we help the clients to navigate through and, and extend the life of the, the, the compactor, right? Right. And so you're really able to get granular into like which sites are loading their compactor properly, which ones are cycling them too much or not enough or like all those kind of really, it seems like a small detail, but can make a big difference. I mean, we see this a lot with, you know, people that overload the hopper and then constantly jam, you know, the compactor and, and they yeah. think it's full. But in reality, you're like, you guys, you got to cycle this thing. You can't load like, you know, half a ton into the hopper and push the button once and say, oh, it's broken. Right. And, and that exact situation Colin happens quite often and in the dark ages um what used to happen a lot was a store manager would phone up a service technician a service technician would go out there and say hey I can put a cycle count on your compactor and make it run you know 10 cycles and it should clear any jams in the future you know the managers are going well that's great then I don't have to call you for a service call so yes put that into our system um, right. So they would put a cycle timer on the compactor. The compactor would run 10 times for that once or twice a year jam where you're not really figuring out or solving the problem. And now you're using your compactor 10 times as much as you should be. Exactly. And then so you're you're cycling it more, which then wear and tear and cuts down the overall. So really, you're kind of doing almost like a car warranty where it's like, you know, 100,000 kilometers or five years or whatever comes first, depending oh. on you know how often you're using the machine. Yeah. So. Let's talk just about a, about going from being a compactor, you know, service and uh, sales organization to becoming more of a technology company. So, how did you guys do that pivot? Did uh, like did you get the soldering gun out and went down in the basement, or did you go offshore, or how did you guys kind of build the first unit? And, and then obviously now you're you know quite a few versions in. So, are you doing this all in house, or is it built in China, or, or how do you guys yeah. handle that? Our our technology is absolutely built in house. So we have. We have software developers on our team that there's two sides of our technology. There's the hardware engineering side, which we have in-house engineers that work on that. Um, and then we have our software team that works on the communication side of things, both from managing the asset, which is extremely important, and the IoT infrastructure that we have. But all of our development is in-house. It's, it's, we have our people working right here doing what we have to do to support our systems. And so, uh, it's, in terms of the future, uh, what do you see kind of coming down the pipe? I think with IoT, you know, we do our own IoT development as well, and we really feel like we're just at the beginning of getting this technology into kind of widespread use. And you know, kind of, I feel like we're kind of back when the first iPhone came out, and you know, a lot of people could see the potential, but it really took a long time before really correct uh, it started it started to really take off and, and kind of the benefits started to really trickle down so what do you see kind of in the next couple of years with iSmart and tech and the technology in this space 
Yeah, we're we're gaining a lot of traction with uh, our clientele as far as really developing the the asset, the full asset management tool that we can now provide to our customers, North American wide. I mean, we've got, you know, we monitor about five thousand units North American wide. We we have units in, you know, uh, Northwest Territories. We've got units in Hawaii, um, Newfoundland. We've got them all over the place. Um, and we're really starting to gain traction, especially with a lot of the national accounts that have more than one compactor that they need to manage. Um, although the technology works just as well for a guy that just has one compactor. Um, but we're getting more and more requests for the, the units um, on a regular basis. Um, you know, we, we just had an application where we priced on another 100 units for uh, another U.S. sort of chain. Um, and we're, we're getting that quite often now. It's, it's, it's a flow that's happening weekly and monthly for us, right? And we've been, I know you guys are dabbling with your technology now and, and starting to see the, the, the role of it. We've been in this for quite a while, just on the equipment side. So that's the only technology that we really push, right? Um, and our technology has always been around, you know, managing the waste equipment asset. The fullness just happens to be one of those attributes. Right. Yeah. Fullness for sure is just one attribute. Um, but like you said, there's lots of other data points you're gathering that are really interesting. Um, and as you get more and more data, then you can use it in, in more interesting ways. So in terms of, you know, Canadian success stories, um, you know, you guys obviously started in Canada. It looks like you're, you know, branching out into the U.S. Uh, now. And I think you guys are, are well aware that there's been some consolidation recently with Contelligent being purchased by uh, Waste Harmonics in the States. So do you see there's an opportunity here to grow that U.S. footprint? There's a bit of a gap, I think, in the market right now uh, in terms yeah. of compact monitoring. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, uh, our our drive here is to is to perfect what we're doing here in the greater Toronto area. So we got about 100 people that work under the roof of Metro Compactors specifically um, from the service technicians and the, the in-house technical support people on the phones. Um, but we're, we're getting to a point where we're really perfecting what we can do from managing these assets for people. And then we want to mimic that right across North America. Um, you know, we already have a fairly good footprint in, in the United States. Most of our technology in the United States is used specifically for fullness because that's the low hanging fruit. Um, but our Gen 2 application that it, that's out there now, we can physically help people to make sure that national accounts make sure that, you know, they're performing preventative maintenance or maintenance when, when it should be taken care of, not when they're always reactive and there's downtime and everything else. Um, our technology allows us to communicate with subcontractors across North America to make sure that we're calling out the right people. So our technology can help us understand whether it's a hydraulic problem, electrical problem, or a structural problem. And we we help our customers make sure that the people that are going out to service these compactors are the right technicians the first time. It doesn't always happen, but we get a lot of those calls right now. Um, and then we communicate with the technicians while they're on site to make sure that the technician is doing what he's supposed to be doing and not just adding a cycle timer of 10 cycles because the, the chamber's jammed sort of thing, right? So we validate the operation of the compactor while we're at site. We've, we have multiple cases now where um, people have 
suggested that the monitoring system is not working properly because it's not reading the, the pressures properly. We just had one last week where a service technician, unbeknownst to us, a service technician went into a site where we had a fullness monitoring system and all of a sudden our fullnesses were off. So they blamed the, the fullness system, the pressures are off or whatever the case may be. So they sent the technician back. The technician spoke to our in-house uh, PLC engineers that were actually physically looking at the operation of the compactor uh, live. And we were able to establish that what had happened was is the service technician had changed the cylinder on the compactor and installed a non-bypassing cylinder when that compactor application required a, a, a bypassing cylinder. In years past, in dark ages, there would be zero way for anybody to truly understand that. And that compactor would run inefficiently, more than likely for the rest of its life. Um, but we're able to capture that stuff now and, and correct the mistakes that are they're being made on servicing this equipment. Right. So this is almost like that port that they hook up my car to and I take it into the mechanic and it gives them all those diagnostics and they can tell me without even looking at the car, oh, it's your oxygen sensor, it's faulty. Right. I can see the error code versus otherwise it would have been, you know, hours of labor and troubleshooting and probably five trips to the garage Correct. before they finally figure it out. So, and just last question before we throw it back to Ty for our usual ending question. Um, you know, watching some other players in the space, getting into other things like compologies, you know, now looking at monitoring tractor trailers, um, a few other, you know, compactor monitoring companies have started to do some asset management. What's kind of, what's the craziest thing someone's called you up and said, hey, Danny, can you, can you connect your iSmart to my, you know, yacht combine escalator? Yeah, so uh, we, we monitor actually rooftop, uh, rooftop generators, I believe, for Lowe's Canada. Um, we've been asked to monitor all kinds of things, silos and barns and stuff like that, Colin. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. We once used the technology, um, and this is, again, this is a long time ago. This is 10 plus years. We hooked up one of our boxes to the side of our wall because somebody was coming into our yard and stealing our scrap metal. So we we set up a sensor that when they when somebody passed that sensor at night, it'd send a signal to the to us and we'd call the cops. And sure enough, we we taught the bandits that were stealing our scrap metal. Um, you know, technology is technology. You can use it however you want to use it. What we have absolutely decided to get serious about, and we've been very serious about it for a while, but is we only truly care about our niche in the market, which is making waste equipment run most efficiently and effectively in North America. That is our goal. That is our want. That is our niche. Um, you know, the broader you look at things, the less focused you get at doing that part right. And we want to make sure we get that part right. So, uh, and we're, we're well poised to do it. So. Yeah, I think we have the same mantra on uh, the IoT container side where you know, people look at the the device that we manufacture and say, you know, you can do lots of things with this, you know, monitor crops, you can, you know, even recently we had some people calling us because of the floods in BC, saying, you know, in BC saying, you know, you could monitor stream flow using your camera system and, you know, alert communities of, uh, of flooding. But I think you're right. There is certain value to kind of sticking to your knitting and just doing what you do really well. Because, uh, you know, obviously you understand compactors really well and everything goes into them, um, but maybe not so much about, you know, combines or silos, which, you know, sounds fun, but then you have to figure out, you know, is there a business case here that I actually understand and what's the problem I'm solving, right? Right. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, Ty, I'm going to throw it back to you to ask our uh, takeout question and uh, we'll wrap this up for the final uh, Get Better Garbage podcast of 2021. 
Sounds good. Thanks, Colin. Um, all right, Danny. Well, here comes the final skill testing question of the Get Better at Garbage podcast. Um, how do you like your eggs? We believe that how you like your eggs is a window into your soul. How do I like my eggs? Hmm. I like my eggs fried, scrambled, boiled. I just love eggs. Like I like them and eat them anyway. <laughs> so Jack of all trades. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Even poached? Poached. I love them poached. That's I weird. love them always. I had them uh, poached on a toasted bread with avocado and glazed onions downtown the other day. It was phenomenal. So Nice. All right. So you're an egg man through and through. Doesn't matter which shape, form, give him oh. the eggs and he's happy. All right. That's yeah. good. Well, there's something to be said for not being fussy in life. Then you're most a lot more likely to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> All right. I'll take us out of here because I'm kind of hungry now. Um, so if uh, anybody, want, anybody wants to get in contact with you or learn more, uh, please visit Metro Compactor, all one word, dot com, um, or visit their LinkedIn profile at Metro Compactor Service, Inc. Uh, I'll link to the um, links in the description. Thank you, Danny. And, you know, thanks for joining us on the Get Better at Garbage podcast and have a happy holidays. Okay. Merry Christmas, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take awesome. Care. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. You guys. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Ty. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Remember, you can recycle past episodes at www.recycle-smart.com forward slash podcast and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for joining us. And remember to get better at garbage, rock the recycling, and save some serious dough.